Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Welcome back to The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez. We are here again, diving into a much needed real discussion about life with a special needs child. And I want to say, if this topic does not affect your life directly right now in some way, please stick around because the words you're going to hear today are very insightful for anyone listening. Lots of wisdom waiting for all of us here. Last time in part one, we went behind the scenes with my dear friend, Robin Hubbard, as she shared the raw realities of life with her autistic son, Luke, the struggles, the victories, the beauty, and how the life of Luke has made an impact in her own personal growth and within her family and the community and the way Robin shares so humbly the different ways God has used Luke to remind her of the most important things in life, which will for sure leave an impact on your heart. So you definitely want to stick around again today. Robin is a wife, a mom, a teacher and wears many more hats than that. But for the sake of time, we'll move into this part two. And although the main focus is autism, these words of wisdom apply to all who encounter those with special needs and anyone who can just use some refreshing words of truth. So please keep that in mind. And so here we go, starting off where we left off. So what would you tell that mom right now or that dad who is listening, who has just found out he or she has an autistic child mm-hmm. or they are walking through those early stages and trenches and discovering this whole process. What would you tell them right now? Well, I talk to a lot of parents um, who are in those early stages. But what I usually say is, first of all, do not be ashamed of autism. Do not be ashamed of it because you don't want your child to grow up feeling like it's a shameful thing. So I talk to a lot of parents who they, maybe they they don't have an official diagnosis yet, but they think what it, that's what it is, but they don't want to get a diagnosis because they don't want their child to be labeled or this or that. Well, first of all, if you don't have a diagnosis, you can't get quite as much help as you can with a diagnosis. And second of all, you know, and I've heard I've heard parents say they they don't want to use the word autism around their children. They don't want their children to know that they are on the spectrum, whatever we and I respect that and completely understand that. And we went through that that stage of thinking as well. But we got to a point where we felt like this is nothing to be ashamed of. This is nothing to hide from the world. You know, there are people I've actually heard people whisper, well, you know, so-and-so thinks their child might have, you know, autism. They whisper it like it's a bad word and it's not a bad word. Um, These children, these adults are beautiful human beings created by God and, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And so we have been very open about Luke's autism from very early on in hopes that people, we just kind of take that stigma off of it that there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to that. Yes, it's hard. Goodness, it's hard. I'm not going to tell you for one second. It's not hard. And, you know, it's but there's so much beauty in it as well um, that you just have to come to a point and it might take a while and it took a while for us that you just embrace it. And, And this is our child. This is the way God created him to be. This is our life now. 
What is it going to look like? What is our new normal going to be? How are we going to do everything in our power to give him the best life we can give him? That's what I would say to those parents is, first of all, just don't be ashamed. And then second of all, don't be afraid to ask for help. Get as much support as you possibly can. There are amazing therapists out there. There are amazing educators that have literally dedicated their life to these children that aren't their children that are so hard and kick them and bite them and throw chairs through windows. And yet they keep showing up every day and just are trying to do everything they can to help your kid. And there's support groups out there. Um, I would say, please, please find a support group that is um, healthy and positive. If it's not life giving, then you need to find a new group. Mm -hmm. I've told a lot of mamas that. There are online support groups because there, if you're in a stage of life where you can't leave the house, we've been there. Get online. There's Facebook groups, a lot of organizations within the community um, where we live. We have an amazing local organization that does incredible events for families um, that are affected by autism, like um, sensory friendly movie nights where you can take your whole family to a movie theater, which is something we can't normally do. I noticed you got emotional when you were talking about those that help these kids. And what do you think brought that emotion on? What were you thinking? I was just thinking about his therapists and his teachers. And uh, he has his own aide at school. Um, there are three adults in his classroom that deal with him all day long. His behavior is really hard at school, really, really hard. And the the positivity and the love that they show toward him is just mind blowing to me. They mm-hmm. love him like mm-hmm. like he's their own. And I mean, those people that is literally a, a I truly believe a special gifting from the Lord that could only come from the Lord because mm-hmm. it's so hard. You know, he's been in speech, occupational therapy and speech therapy since he was two and a half. Um, We didn't get uh, official autism diagnosis till four, but he's been in therapies for sensory um, processing stuff since he was two. And we've been with the same um, therapy team and they've really changed our lives. They um, listen and understand and give us advice. And okay, he's having this behavior. Why don't you try this and that? Because they've seen so many different kind of kids and they've been doing it for so long. And um, so they've really watched through a lot of hard phases with us. The understanding that they show to him is just unbelievable. Like, I just don't understand. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm so thankful. So Mm -hmm. thankful. I just really don't think, I know Luke wouldn't be where he is without his therapists and without his teachers. And um, so I'm just grateful. Well, not, not only have educators and therapists in your community made a difference in Luke and your family, but other kids have made a huge impact on Luke's life. So Luke goes to an amazing school that really has a culture of accepting all people. I really think they have. They, they've really done a great job of making them very visible within the school, of talking to the other kids about them and really including them, I think, in the school. I mean, Luke is just a little rock star at his school. Every kid you know, gives him high fives all the way down the hall. And we, we'll be out somewhere and we see kids that go to the school and they know him. And it's because of the adults in the building who have just fostered that acceptance. And it's just been really, really awesome. And I think it's so good for those kids, too, because that's our world is not full of people who are all just like them. Really cool thing that happened recently in public. Um, we had gone to a restaurant, which, you know, sometimes it can be hard where it's kind of hit and miss for us as far as how it's going to go. But we have just made a decision not to keep 
our son locked behind a closed door. We want him to experience life and we feel like it's good for other people to experience him too. Mm -hmm. And and talking about taking him in public, um, I know that's been difficult, especially when you have an unpredictable child and you don't know when a meltdown is going to happen. You don't know if he is going to run or, and many people in public don't know how to handle that when they see that situation occurring. And I know you mentioned off the mic, um, you were just telling me about a story where you were in a restaurant and it really made a difference for you, what a lady said to you that was positive. And I just want those listening to hear this so that maybe they could do this as well if they see a similar situation in public. So what happened when you were in a restaurant? Well, I got really brave one time when my husband was out of town. He'd been out of town for an extended period of time, and we were all getting a little stir crazy. And so I thought we needed to go to dinner. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This was before the third baby was born. So it was just my daughter and Luke and me. We went to a restaurant, and it just didn't go well from the very beginning. He ended up under the table, screaming, throwing things, throwing things off the table. Um, It was just really, really bad. We didn't get to finish our meal. We kind of packed it up real fast. And, you know, it's really hard for me to hide my emotions. They were just all over my face. I was just really discouraged. I was regretting, like, trying to do it on my own without my husband being there. And I was just humiliated. I was really embarrassed. I felt like everybody was looking at us. And I just needed to get out of there as fast as I could. So I grabbed up the food, grabbed him, and we started to head out the door. And this woman was sitting at a table nearby with a little girl who was just sitting so perfectly and eating her food. And they were having such a nice dinner until we interrupted. And as I walked by her, she just reached up and touched my arm and said, Mama, you're doing a great job. So I I think I squeaked out a thank you. And then I just went and got my car and just cried, Um, partly because of what had happened, but partly because of just her kindness. And I felt like where I was, I felt like I was being judged and everybody was looking at me. It just kind of reminded me that even if people aren't saying it, you know, maybe not everybody's judging me in a bad way or, or thinking badly of my son. And I just feel like. Even moms and dads of kids who don't have special needs, we all have kids that throw fits, you know, at Target or whatever. And we just need to be there for each other and support each other and say, you're doing a good job or I've been there. I've been where you are. I've had people tell me that before. I've been there. It's okay. Um, That really means the world. It's something so small, but it can really help you in one of those very low moments. Mm -hmm. What a cool moment for you guys. Now, going back to Luke's school and the kids, one thing that comes to mind that I think is so neat about Luke's school is he was taking the yearbook pictures. I saw on Facebook that it showed his yearbook picture. There Luke is. And right next to him in the yearbook is also the new addition to your family, Bailey, his service dog. Mm -hmm. And that is just the coolest thing. And then I thought, where did Bailey come from and how did you get connected with this cool dog who helps Luke every day? So tell me about Bailey and where he came from and what he does for Luke. Well, Bailey is a Labradoodle and she is a trained service animal. And so, you know, there are very there are different levels of ways that animals can help 
Luke um, was a runner really badly and he would just take off running towards a street, you know, in the middle of a soccer game, uh, took off in the middle of my daughter's soccer game with kids running in both directions. Mm. And it was with no warning. We, it was not, we never knew it was coming. So there were a lot of safety issues with him as well as a lot of emotional issues where he had just terrible meltdowns that were very self-injurious. And so he would hurt himself. Um, just things that were really, really dangerous. He's knocking holes in the wall. He was um, doing things that we were really concerned for his safety. So we had fa- we had heard about people with autism having service dogs, and we read so much on what they can do. The problem with a service dog is, is it's incredibly expensive. And we were having to make payments, just like car payments. And a school that I used to work at, that I actually work at again now, I took a few years off and came back, but they heard about us trying to get a service dog and how expensive it was. And Luke had gone to the school before, and so they all knew him and loved him. And their little student council got together and decided that they wanted to raise money to help us pay for Bailey. Wow which was amazing. And they raised so much money. They did everything from hat days to they did a sock hop where kids could pay a dollar to come to a sock hop and dance. And they did all kind of things and ended up just giving us a really large chunk of money that went straight to help pay Bailey off um, before we even got her. Wow. Well, then another one of my former students who was in high school um, found out about what the school was doing and she said she wanted to do something too. And so um, she and her classmates um, had a, a coffee bar and the proceeds from the coffee bar for a certain amount of time went to us. And then another school heard about it and they did fundraisers for it as well. So we ended up having three schools do fundraisers for us. It was so hard to accept that kind of help. It's hard to accept help, you know, but they really wanted to do it. And and it was such a blessing to us, such a huge blessing. And so it was really neat just watching the community come together to to help do something that we felt like was really important. So I've met Bailey. And Bailey is super cool. And I asked Bailey, Bailey, what do you do? And and she's not quite trained enough to speak back to me. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) So I need you to tell me. So what does she do for Luke? Well, she keeps him from running away, first and foremost. Um, Whenever we go out into public, she is actually tethered to him. So he wears a little belt around his waist and he is tethered to her. Um, And then whoever is handling her, which is usually me or my husband, my daughter can do it as well. We're the ones showing Bailey what to do and where to go. And um, then Luke just has to follow. She's specifically trained to not let him run off. So it gives him the freedom of being able to walk around without us having to hang on to his hand really tight. Tightly, but he, it's still keeping him safe. Um, if she wasn't tethered to him and he took off running, she actually has a command where she would run in front of him and she could block him and keep him safe until we can get to him, which is pretty awesome. Wow. She can also, we're working right now on scent tracking. And so she's learning his scent and she will be able to track him if he were lost. They said even if we went to an amusement park, she would be able to find him if he were lost, which is pretty amazing. She also performs um, deep pressure therapy when he gets upset. She She lays across his lap and basically helps his brain move from whatever he was upset about to focusing on the dog. Um, He pets her fur, which is sensory input as well. And um, she's heavy on his lap, which feels good, kind of like a weighted blanket. You know, weighted blankets, all the craze right now. Well, it started with people with special needs, but now everybody realizes they like it too. So she kind of performs that sort of thing. Um, And she's just there for support for him and to eventually give him more independence um, as he gets older. That's the goal. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I want to go back really quickly about dynamics of your family because we were talking about Bailey being a new addition to your family. And, you know, having a child with special needs affects the siblings of that child. And I know you have to be aware because more attention can be taken away from the other kids in the family. Do you have a plan in place on um, how to make sure your kids aren't either burdened or affected in, in certain ways emotionally because of the demands of a special needs child in your home? We've been very, very intentional from the very beginning of trying to foster a love between siblings and to try to help our other kids understand Luke and help them kind of enter into his world. Um, We've been very, very careful if there were certain things we couldn't do because we couldn't take Luke. For instance, I remember there was a time um, I took my daughter and Luke to a movie. It was one of those summer $2 on a Tuesday morning movies, and it was something she really wanted to see, but it was kind of an older movie. Um, We went, we didn't last 10 minutes, and he was throwing a complete fit while I was there by myself and took him out, tried to calm him down. There was no calming him down, so we had to leave. We left, and I felt so guilty because I didn't want her to think, I can't do anything fun because my brother ruins it. That was an old movie, and I went to Walmart, and I bought that DVD, and I took it home, and we made movie tickets, and we pretended we were at the movies, and we watched the movie at home. Now, do I always, am I always that great with everything? No. Some days I go home because something's been hard, and I cry. You know, I've tried to do those things here and there to try to make up for it. What we've also tried not to ever do is say, well, you know, we can't do that because of your brother. You know, we can't go there because of your brother. We've never said that even if it were true, because we don't want our other kids to feel like they're missing out on life because of their brother. Um, Also, if there are certain things they can do that he can't, um, we try to really be intentional about one of us taking them to do those things and one of us staying home with Luke and just trying to find things that we can do together as a family. If you really search those things out, especially in our community, there are so many things that are offered for families of children of special needs. And so there are things we've been able to do um, together as a family that we wouldn't do otherwise. And so we've been really grateful to live in a community like that. You kind of have to dig for those things sometimes, but they are out there. And our baby is just two years old. He's a little boy. He looks at his brother and his brother is his hero. He doesn't understand that the things that Luke do are odd or different. And he just thinks he's his big brother and he's funny. So he does all of his odd and different things, which is really fun to watch um, how accepting he is. And I just feel like we're trying to raise two other little humans that are very accepting of the world around them and accepting of other people and who will stand up for people who are being bullied because they're different or treated differently because of a disability. Um, We're just trying to we're hoping that that experiencing this themselves makes them better people and and that they can change the world once they leave our house. You know, God knew what we needed, knew what our family needed, knew knew that Luke needed an Allie in his life and he needed an Andrew in his life and it's just been really really sweet to watch. It's amazing. And I, I know you mentioned something to me on, on another day where you were saying that Allie even thought career-wise she might do something with kids with special needs. Yeah, she's really into art. She's very artistic. She loves to paint. And she's talked about 
um, teaching art to people with special needs. She's talked about being an occupational therapist because she's seen how much his therapists have made a difference in his life. And who knows? Who knows why God put her in this family? But I do believe she was she was put in our family for a reason. And and it'll be really fun to watch and see how her relationship with Luke affects the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So tell me about how this has affected your marriage. Well, in the beginning, it was very, very hard on our marriage. And there are statistics that prove that it's very, very hard on a marriage because a child with, well, children, any children, typical children, take a lot of your time and attention. And even with all typical children, you have to be very intentional with your time together as parent, as as a couple not just as parents. You have to take that time for yourself. You have to reconnect. It can't just always be about the kids. And it's hard. It's hard for anybody. But then you throw in all these special needs and all this extra time and all this extra energy and all these extra stressors. And it's really hard to find the time and the energy for each other, for each other, to remember where this all started in the beginning. Um, For us in the beginning, I threw myself into research. I threw myself into, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to figure out how to make him better. My husband threw himself into work because in his mind, he thought this is going to be expensive and I have got to get him the very best therapies, the very best of everything he can get. I have got to be successful now. I have got to make sure that financially I can provide everything that Luke is going to need. So there he was throwing himself into work here. I was throwing myself into research when we were together. All I wanted to talk about was Luke and what I had learned that day or what he did or did not do that day. I was really obsessive about it in the beginning. And we really started to slowly grow apart before we even knew what happened. It happened very gradual, very slowly until all of a sudden we were in a place of what in the world has happened? And I think that's a really common story, probably for a lot of people. And so if there are couples out there who who haven't quite quite gotten to that point yet, I just need to tell you, you have got to figure out how to make time for each other, to have reserved some sort of energy for each other. My husband is my biggest support system. He's the only person on this earth who truly understands what I'm going through. He's the only one on this earth who understands Luke's jokes, his quirks, what works, what doesn't work, all of those things. He's the only person who knows that stuff as well as I do. And so whereas I can talk to friends, I can talk to other moms with kids with autism. I can, I can do that. Donnie knows Luke in a way. He's the only other person who knows Luke the same way that I do. He's really become, instead of us growing apart and kind of making, letting it come between us. Once we made that shift and realized, oh my gosh, what have we done? What is happening? We were literally on the brink of divorce and by the grace of God, pulled it together and decided we have got to make this work. This is what's best for our kids. This is what's best for Luke. This is what's best for us. We need each other. It took our marriage almost ending for us to realize this. Thank God we did. But once we got past that and we decided, all right, we're making this work. We are going to do everything we can to keep our family together. We got very intentional about allowing someone to take care of Luke for two hours. Whereas before it was scary 
trusting God. He's going to be okay. There are people out there who can take care of him for two hours. It's going to be okay. Even if maybe we don't go out together until eight o'clock after he goes to bed and there's just someone in the house there just in case. Whatever it is, we have got to carve out time. If that's just after the kids go to bed, he and I are out on our patio in front of the fireplace, just having a conversation. We have to make time for that. We have to. That goes back to what I said in the very beginning of you can't be afraid to ask for help. There are people out there who love children with special needs and want to help you. There are um, organizations out there that will provide child care for parents of kids with special needs. You get to a point where you think there's no one, there's no one who can watch him. There's no one who can you know, take care of him the way that we can. Well, you know what? That's true. But for two hours, it's okay. Describe Robin nine years ago and Robin today. I think nine years ago, I was, like I said, a perfectionist. Not only did I want to be perfect, I wanted to make sure that everybody around me thought I was perfect. And so whatever wasn't perfect, I would hide away and I would just put my best foot forward. I was really pretty guarded. I wasn't very real um, about my struggles. I wasn't very open to telling people about what I was struggling with. Everything was kept inside, everything. And I feel like once we kind of opened the floodgates of starting to talk about what was going on with our son, it really changed every area of my life where I've just become open to talking about struggles in my marriage, struggles with trying to raise a teenager, struggles with, you know, so many things other than just with my son. It's just really opened me up to be more of a real, authentic person, to embrace the mess that is life and tell other people it's okay. It's okay that your life is a mess. Nobody has it all together. I tried to act like I had it all together and everybody did. But let me tell you, it was not. Um, And so it's really, really changed me for the better for many ways. But I think that's the main one is just being really real with this life is not perfect. And I'm not going to try to pretend like it is. You know, my life is a big mess, but it's perfect for me. Might not be perfect in other people's eyes, but it's perfect for me. And whatever my purpose is, whatever Luke's purpose is, whatever Allie's purpose, Andrew's purpose, Donnie's purpose. And then that just fans out to everybody who knows and loves Luke, which goodness, it's a lot of people. He's got a huge support system. He is in their lives for whatever purpose God has for each of them. I just believe, I truly believe that everyone who knows him has something to learn from him. This is the brave place. And I can tell you, you are one brave woman. And I'm so honored and proud that you're my friend, that I get to hang out with you um, and know you and call you friend. And so um, this has been such a blessing to me. And I just appreciate you so much, Robin, um, just your heart and your bravery of you've, as you've taken on this whole adventure with Luke and the way you've done it. And just to hear you talk about it, it's over the top brave. Luke's over the top. Well, his mom is over the top (laughs) on bravery. Well, that concludes our interview with Robin. And I just want to give an extra special thank you to her for sharing her story and bringing more awareness to this topic. And thank you for listening and spending time with us here at The Brave Place. But don't go away yet. I want to share with you a final brave word and challenge and then a clip from our next podcast coming out in a couple of weeks. And for the final brave word, I must say, as I reflect on these last two podcasts with Robin, I just love how God has used Luke as a catalyst 
to break down that perfectionistic mindset in Robin, reminding her of things that really matter in life and how we're truly supposed to live. Words like honesty, grace, courage, and authenticity come to my mind when I think about Robin's story. Her choice to be honest with herself, with God, and the world around her has enabled her to live a more authentic life, resulting in a deeper peace, joy, and security. Um, We see that security being played out today in our last podcast, where she's willing to share parts of her life that she never dreamed she would be so open about. It's a domino effect because now other lives are being touched because of that openness openness and authenticity. So how can we get to a place like that for ourselves? Well, one place I think we can start is with this prayer from Psalm 139. This prayer is my brave challenge for you today. It goes like this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That humble prayer is all about taking an honest look at ourselves, asking God to show us where he can grow us. Now, as you seek him to sharpen you, remember, this is not a race to perfection. Um, God's love and grace are endless. He gives us plenty of room to fail. And when we do, he's right there to help us try again. What better way to grow, right? It's a no-lose situation unless you don't try at all, and and then you're going to lose. But that's my challenge today. Ask him sincerely to search your heart, test it, and lead you. We all have an area in our life that needs a little extra leading, don't we? I know I sure do. The bottom line is this is about taking the risk and allowing God's will to be greater than your own. When God becomes bigger to us than our own desires, then freedom in him will ensue. Will you think about that this week as you seek him? And lastly, I thank God for the gift of Luke. He is a daily reminder to us all of how God would love to see us live out our lives, trusting in him, being fearless in him, not worrying about what other people think, never even worrying for that matter. Not, no worry. Being truthful and choosing joy. So I just thank God for little Luke and Robin and their entire family. Before we go, here's a quick clip of our next podcast where we meet up with Christine Coleman, who will share her story of prison and addiction and how God uses her today in a new way within the prison walls. Take a listen. As women, we either do two things. We run far away from that or we run to it. Years and years of drinking mm-hmm. took me down some horrible paths, mm-hmm. uh, men and bad mm-hmm. situations and uh, mm-hmm. just a darkness that I couldn't overcome. Mm. I can't wait for you to hear Christine's story. It's just really powerful. Thank you again for hanging out with us today at The Brave Place. Until next time, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.